Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, everyone. I apologize for the truncated Twitter Spaces show this week. The recording did not go through for the first half of it or so, but figured we'd still bring you the content anyway. It's a little bit of a technical challenge trying to record off of Twitter Spaces at the moment. So I apologize. We'll do better next time, but hope you enjoy the remainder of the show. Let's get to Alan. Alan. Hey, how's it going? Good, good to hear from you, Alan. What do you got for us? Um, I'm uh, from I'm from Toronto, Canada. Huge Raptors fan, and I'm clearly biased. Uh, so I just kind of want to know the the vibe check on the Raptors and also their uh, amazing rookie Scotty Barnes. And is he on as many people's radar as he is up here? And if you had to redo the draft, where would you play Scotty? So it, it's interesting. Um, I think the Raptors are broadly speaking the kind of team that I expected, and and I you know I think their offense can. The defense, the numbers aren't necessarily there, but I mean, the film at specific times has has really been, I mean, there are times that they've been absolutely destructive and I, I, I like what they're building there. And with, with Scotty, like I, I always, I believed in his defensive potential. That was never something, I mean, the communication that he showed on the film, the in, instincts were, were really there. And I like that he's been, he's been asked to do some different stuff. And of course, now they're playing some of these smaller lineups that are really fun to watch. I'm... I'm still trying to figure out exactly what Barnes' ideal role is. Now he's 20, so there'll be a lot of growth there. Raptors fans know that better than better than many fan bases when you consider the growth that current and former Raptors have had while they were in Toronto. But that the idea of a smart player who can do a little bit with the ball in his hands, but doesn't really stretch the floor, and maybe he will eventually. But I'm still eh, still a little bit questioning on that, even though the mid ranger has been better. So I don't know that I would have him. I don't know that I would have have him higher but in terms of relative to other people but I do think more highly of him as a player now than I did as a prospect yeah for me I don't know that I would have him in the top three still um I questioned picking him at four and I think that that obviously I, I think that's probably about where I would have him on a redraft yeah I mean there's really I don't think there's anyone below him that I would move above him but I think it's still you know it's been 15 games Jalen Green has had a, a tough start and I, I was hoping to see more from him and you know if this goes on for another 20 games or so and Jalen Green continues to play like this then I probably would move Scotty Barnes above Jalen Green you know I had Kaminga above Barnes I think Kaminga has done everything you could hope for in his very limited opportunities also considering the knee injury that he had but uh, you know I think you would have to have Barnes above Kaminga so I think four would probably be about where I'd have him and that's given what we thought of all these guys before the draft I mean to be fourth below that top three is it's certainly nothing to sneeze at 
And a lot of people, you know, were surprised at that pick by the Raptors. Others really liked it. Um, I was not among them. And I, I, as of this point, I would take that back. Yeah, I think definitely up at Raptorverse, we were very high on Suggs. But, you know, hearing a lot about his workout with us and how it just didn't really fit and kind of Masai's and Webster's idea of just these six foot ten, six foot nine guys with seven four wingspans just kind of clouding up the the passing lanes. It's, uh, it's been a sight to see and it's been great. But uh, thank you guys so much for your input. Yeah, and I will add uh, on the other part of your question. I mean, I've just been really enjoying watching the Raptors play, even when they lost uh, last night to Portland. Just watching the force they're playing with at the end of the game, the switching one through five that they've been doing. You know, I think once Siakam gets back and once Barnes can just hone his technique as a one-on-one defender a little bit more, I think they could just be really, really difficult to score against. And, and I just love that they're starting this small group. They're not fucking around with the center, just going with these three guys who are all basically kind of modern power forward sized and hitting the offensive glass all this it's been really enjoyable to watch as a different way of playing and I, I try to watch as much Raptors as I can for that reason once again as a biased Raptors fan as soon as we get Miles Turner it's over you know four beats <laughs> in a row or something <laughs> At some yeah, point, some everybody... other team is going to have Miles Turner, and we're going to get to talk about what the trade return is because we have been like, it's so funny because there's this group of people that love Miles Turner, including me, of course. And I just wonder where this is going with him because it seems like every, like there are a bunch of people who who know us who want who want them on their team, but then it appears that nobody in front offices really listens or agrees with us. I just think properly utilized in a pl- in an area where he just keeps moving, keeps moving, and can stretch out, especially in the corner up top. He could be so dangerous and the fact that he's so active on like boards and blocks like it's everything that i don't know it's a large gap in our team that we kind of need and i think you know even if you see him on like on a warriors or something like that but just someplace where he can just kind of roam and just uh punish you for kind of not kind of uh not collapsing fast enough i think you know he'd be a great sight to see on a different team but he's stuck in pacers land so <laughs> sorry pacers fans yeah, it is weird that everyone else seems to value him more than uh, the Pacers do. Though perhaps that's changing with Rick Carlisle now. Uh, okay, who's in? Who's in next here, Danny? Oh, let's go to Nemanja Maxima. Hey guys, can you hear me? We can. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my uh, Tomas Sadoransky trade uh, question on the NBA cast last night. Hey, th- thanks for the question. We could always use more of those. So uh, that was a good one. Um. So. Uh, I'm a Bulls fan, and uh, it was a pretty pessimistic one at the beginning of the season. And uh, I think even while they were going on their kind of run here early, um, I still had it in the back of my mind that there's no way this team could do anything in the playoffs. They're just going to get Vucevic on a switch and uh, eviscerate that one-on-one matchup and having DeRozan on the court at the same time just makes that even worse and uh i would be shocked if they won one game against any opponent in the playoffs at all and that was kind of my attitude up until maybe last night watching them against the lakers and i'm starting i'm starting to talk myself into thinking could could they win one or two games maybe even a series in the playoffs and i think the key is like this four guard rotation that I really like with Levine, Ball, Javante, and Caruso. Like those, if, if you can keep that four guard rotation on the court at all times, those guys are just such pests and maybe sprinkle in a little IO. Although I don't know if he's ready for the playoffs as a rookie, but those guys are just all such pests on, on the perimeter 
that they, they don't let the they don't let the bad defense of uh, Vucevic become a problem because they're they're doing enough damage on the perimeter. Is that enough to win a playoff series against a Boston or New York or Atlanta? Not not Brooklyn or uh, Milwaukee, but one of those kind of lower end the lower end East teams, the Wizards, the Pacers, one of these kind of teams. I would have to say so, that they have looked very good so far. I think there's a reasonable argument, maybe, that the Bulls look like the you know number four team in the East right now if Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Miami are, are a clear top three at the moment. Now, I don't think that the Bulls are like an obvious pick to beat any of those teams that you named. And I also think that the Bulls, due to the fact that they have their players have a lot of weaknesses, Caruso, DeRozan, Green, you mentioned, is not a great shooter. And you know Vucevic has his strengths and weaknesses. And I think they could be game planned against much better in the playoffs. And some of the things they do, like forcing turnovers, might not work as well. DeRozan historically hasn't been a great playoff performer. If you have a good one-on-one matchup for him, that can make things difficult for him. Um, you know, I, and I also just think it's going to be—he'll be hard pressed to keep playing quite this well. Um, although Vooch will be better, so yeah, I mean, I think you can throw them in as maybe slightly above some of those other East teams that you mentioned. We'll see how the the rest of this evolves. You know, I'm certainly buying them more than say the Wizards. For example, so far, and but that's uh, you know they might win, they might lose it in the first round, but I think it's looking pretty likely that they're going to at least be a playoff team and a top six playoff team. Although you know we'll see, uh, injuries can always change that. So yeah, I think uh, it's really exciting for Bulls fans that we're even having this conversation because I thought they were more likely than not to miss the playoffs at the start of the season. Yeah, the, the thing that I'll add to that, I mean, I'll echo what Nate said, and it's it's a significant accomplishment when like the, I was much lower on them at the start of the season and they've been better and the the defense overall has you know including when the start has been on the floor has has been better than i anticipated and another part of that equation for me is the top of the east is is kind of a separate animal as you as you got into but i'm probably a little bit lower on that second tier in the eastern conference now than i was at the you know the start of the season the hawks haven't quite had the same juice as they did before. The Knicks are deeper now, but they do have some roster, like some kind of like lineup balancing stuff to go. And like we, Nate and I talked about this a lot last night when we were doing the NBA cast. It's like, well, how do you solve this? It's not as easy as swap this player out for that one. Oh, they have a great guy who they're not playing as much. It's 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 a more complicated alchemy for them. And we'll see what the Sixers look like. I mean, they're still kind of a work in progress and they've, they've now been missing so many of their players, but still successful overall. I think Boston- Yeah, could I guess that's true. I'm sorry. I, I forgot about Philly. I probably would. And Miami too. too. And and Miami. Yeah, um, yeah. A Miami Chicago series would be super weird in terms of like those two teams with the extreme strengths and weaknesses of their roster would be really really fascinating. But I, I think the other part of this for Chicago that's so positive in the early going and yes they're only 14 games in is that putting up wins does really matter because that means that you can you have a little bit of a buffer uncertainty can happen and so one of the ways that Chicago can be more likely to win a series is to be in the right seating and I think that's more likely when they're when they're winning games early than it is later on even if you know we expect the Bucks to catch them eventually you know I think they I don't know who's available but I do think they have the ammo to make a pretty big trade like Patrick Williams Kobe White are interesting prospects Derek Jones for salary filler and we still don't know what the fallout is going to be with this 
quote tampering quote investigation thing but it's probably going to be a second at most that would be my guess yeah so they have the portland pick and i think maybe like one more pick 2027 something like that so i don't know who you could get with all of that like i think maybe the best person maybe is harrison barnes and i I don't know if you want to give up all that for someone like harrison barnes but you know if someone if they could get someone like they do have assets anyway thanks for uh, taking my question yeah i think on the uh, patrick williams they are so so high on him maybe i would say more than they should be at the moment and so i would be i mean unless it's for an all-star caliber player i would be surprised if they were thinking about moving him um but so and and they're they're out some picks in the future obviously from the vooch and and derozan trade so it does make a, a big trade more difficult and you know if they're if there, I think about it this way too, right? Sometimes we get into this idea of like, okay, would that be a fair price for Star X? And instead, maybe the way to think about it is, do they have enough to outbid somebody else? And I don't think that that's the case necessarily, given the the guys who are going to be available. You know, if it's a Vucevic level of guy, then maybe they would because they would be interested in him the way they were with Vuce, while other teams wouldn't be. But I think for like a real guy who's going to make a difference, they wouldn't want to give up Williams. And I also don't think that Williams would be enough to be the centerpiece of a team compared to, say, you know, I would say that if you compare him to like Wiseman or Kaminga, it maybe is more value than Wiseman, but I would say Kaminga probably has more value right now than Williams does, for example. And that's just one team. There are plenty of others that have their full complemented draft picks that might be more appealing. Uh, Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences, hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz, find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial they're 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model and there's never been a better time to try a helix sleep mattress because they are offering 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace easier slash capspace we talk about all the time here on the program that's helixsleep.com slash capspace this is their best offer yet i can attest to that since i've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now don't forget that slash capspace url to let them know that you came from us man i just love 
American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing, but the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm, it's not too hot as well. So I was able to wear it in the car, not be too hot, step out of the car and still be warm enough when I was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that I didn't feel like I needed my jacket, even when it was cold outside. And things are amazingly durable. I proposed to my wife wearing an American Giant hoodie in the Grand Canyon almost seven years ago. I still own that same hoodie. I still wear it constantly. And American Giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing, like their premium slub crew tee, the no BS high rise pant, the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two. Every American giant piece is made in America and designed to last no exceptions. And it provides year round comfort. So find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at American giant.com and get 20% off your first order. When you use that finger code cap space at checkout, you remember we talk about cap space all the time here on the program. That's 20% off your first order at American giant.com. Don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us as well. All right. That was a, a good question though. Let's get to Alan. Alan, you're in. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, uh, sorry, sorry to pick on you, on you here for this line, but you do not need to ask. Can, can you hear us uh, just, or can you hear me just start talking? Cause it's going to be a podcast later. So it does get a little repetitive. Uh, if we can't hear you, we will, we will let you know, but uh, yeah. What do you got for us Alon? So I'm listening from, uh, from Israel and my question was about the wizards. Uh, do you think they can like uh, sustain their success? Um, that they've that they've shown early, and then uh, more specifically as an Israeli on uh, on Denny, do you think the defensive tools that he's uh, that he's shown early can um, turn into something? Um, yeah, first of all, what time is it right now in Israel? Like, <laughs> it's almost four in the morning, morning or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have an Israeli uncle and cousins. Actually, it's always impossible to like set up a time to to see them, uh, especially with Shabbat. But yeah, so um, Wizards and Avdia, what do you think, Danny? So I think the Wizards are a they're like a, a feisty, viable playoff team. I think that they're you know the offense is competitive. I mean, especially they've done some of this without Bradley Beal, who's, you know, had some briefing time, but also missed some time before that. Um, the defense, I mean, overall, I, I, I think that it, it's not surprising that they have some better fundamentals than last year. They're playing, you know, they have, I mean, they have Gafford, I think it's looked good. Also, just more perimeter defense with KCP and, and everybody else. But do I think like currently in Clean the Glass, not only the 10-3 and 3 record, but Washington's right now, they're number nine in net rating, plus 5.4. I think that's probably a little rosy. To me, it's more in the maybe the 15 to 20 range is is where I would expect them 82 games in depending health relative to everybody else and with Abdiya I remember I think it was even like when one of the first times I saw him I just thought like he competed on defense his his instincts are pretty good he's active and so I I do really like what he can bring to the table on that end and I hope that he can get that kind of a get that kind of a chance and we'll we'll see how the extended absence for Rui Hashimura is going to affect the Wizards long term because a bunch of guys I would argue have gotten larger chances than they probably would have when you consider that this is the front office that took Hashimura and so he's you know he's a little bit probably seems like a little bit further down the pecking order because so many of these guys have played well yeah and I'll say uh, on the Wiz I'm gonna 
save some comment for the 15 and 60 i want to really focus in on them a lot this week and uh and avdi in particular will probably be a, a big focus of mine so i'm going to save a little bit of, of my commentary until i get a chance to really lock in on them uh, to a, a greater a, a extent um but yeah i mean they're, they're a fascinating team number number three in defense seems like yeah may not be sustainable 17th on offense seems kind of about right you know are they going to be able to continue to be a top 10 defense i'm a little concerned about that they've had a a lot of shooting luck they still foul a lot they don't force any turnovers uh, defensively um so that would be my biggest area of concern in addition to the fact that they've had uh, perhaps the easiest schedule in the league uh, to this point um so no i mean 10 and 3 i i but i think they're if i had to guess where they're going to end up it would kind of be in the 500 ish range maybe a couple games above 500 but i might change my opinion after i really dive deep on them this week thanks guys all right glenn good good to have you in here man How's hey it going? hey pretty good hey thanks for taking my call sounds like you watched the blazers raptors game last night i wondered what you thought of the crunch time front line of little and nance jr over covington and nurk yeah, Covington has really struggled so far this year, hasn't he? It's the, that's been that's been disappointing because they could use uh, one more piece there, and if it looks like he's just going to kind of be done, that's that's a little bit of an issue for them, I I think. But no, I, I thought that was the way to go. Obviously, with Toronto playing so small, I, I think it was that was the right play, and it, they ended up winning the game. Obviously, they closed them out six zero at the end after they gave up that that run. So yeah, I was excited to see more of Nance at center, and I. I, in fact, uh, tweeted about it for that reason. Yeah, and uh, it, w- it was funny. Nate and I recorded yesterday, and we finished, and I think it was six minutes or so left in that game. And I like as we were like kind of saying goodbye, I'm like, oh, by the way, Raptors-Blazers is close late, and so we both flipped it on. And I was super excited to see that it was Nance at center. It was not necessarily something I, I thought that Chauncey Billups was going to use all the time, but it was uh, part of why I liked the Nance acquisition was it's another, another arrow in the quiver. It's something that you can go to, and I thought that the defense, it looked active. And I've been, you know, I've been critical of Toronto's half-court offense a lot this year. And I think we got a few indications on on why that can be the case. But I thought that the Blazers, I thought, and it'd be interesting to get your opinion on this, I thought they looked livelier on offense and defense just in terms of moving the ball and moving physically around the court than they do in some of those lineups, which kind of are station to station because they have to be. Well, I think that uh, Billups has been disappointed with Covington and Nurkic's uh, defense ever since he tried to do the aggressive uh, switching system. Covington is better at at, uh, basically a help defender and not as good at at, uh, switching as I think Billups had hoped. Uh, The other thing is I, I, I agree with you, Danny. I think they definitely looked livelier with that lineup. And with uh, Nurkic's contract at the, up at the end of the year, I think that uh, bodes well for that particular front court being, at least last night, might not be the last time they see that as a crunch time front line. Yeah, and maybe Covington is not healthy. Maybe he needs to ease into the season a little bit more. But, you know, I saw Billups had a quote that like, oh, hey, we want to get Robert pressuring up a full court. I'm like, have you watched Robert Covington his, his, his entire career? Like, yes, I get it. He's like a long defender and like he looks like he can do that, but he just can't. Like he's not a good one-on-one defender. Like you, you should realize that that's just not in his skill set if you've watched the guy at all since go, going back to his Philly days. So I do agree. I think that maybe there could be more of a use for him now. He's just been completely... Uh, 
out of it on offense too which is uh, maybe more of a concern he'll go through those stretches like his game is kind of like that where if he's not getting set up for threes he's going to kind of disappear but uh, I do think they're going to need all these guys uh, before the end of the season playing well if they're going to fulfill some of their goals Uh, anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down I highly recommend Inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding I got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a show room rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com use the code capspace using our capspace we talk about all the time here on the program you get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that capspace code to let them know that you came from us at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Um, all right, thanks for that, Glenn. And uh, Danny, you want to pick uh, one more here? Who we got? Sure, let's go to Kyle. Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks for checking my call. Um, so the continuation of Olympic Ricky Rubio has been an underrated part of the early hot start for Cleveland. And while surely his hot shooting, uh, especially like that Knicks game, will come back down to earth, uh, Cavs fans are enamored with Rubio and his fit with the team. Uh, lob threats like Allen and Mobley, surely. Um, what do you think an extension negotiation would look like him uh, for him going into his age 32 season? Or I guess if he's not extension eligible, maybe like a new contract in the offseason? So he would be extension eligible and they could give him up to two more years right now. And then after six months after the trade, they could give him basically, uh, you know, 120% of his prior salary. I don't think they would need that much. You know, I don't know if I would want to go more than two years. I, I think something along the lines of, you know, like two years at 11 million a year, maybe just a little bit above the mid-level exception would be enough to entice him as the Cavs. I think I would rather go a little bit higher on the money in the short term rather than going out for too many years now we'll see what happens with Rubio I think he has been really important to their team he also is shooting 38 percent on twos and 39 percent shooting from three given his career history is probably not going to sustain you know I mean if you take away that one crazy game that he had against the Knicks 
then you're you know he's probably right around his career norms and so he certainly has been really useful for them he's been able to play some three as well when sexton was healthy um the other problem too of course is that mobley is going to be out and sexton is going to be out now and love and marketing aren't back so there's probably going to be some tough sledding for these guys going forward and they may just decide that a 32 year old wouldn't necessarily be in their plans uh, the way he might have been if he was playing a smaller role you know, he could get exposed potentially in a larger role so let's see how the season plays out but you know i think something along those lines would be reasonable it's kind of high-end backup point guard money maybe a little bit above that uh, in exchange for not going as far out in the years is that too much danny I, I think that might be a little bit rich especially because you wonder who cleveland is going to be competing with you know for for rubio services if it goes all the way to unrestricted free agency there are only four teams maybe five or six that have cap space this year and then rubio like i like to refer to it as the heaven and earth kind of guys where it's like okay yes the Miami Heat did not have sufficient cap space when they got Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry, but they were able to, you know, those were good enough guys that you can do it. I don't think anybody's going to be doing that for Rubio the way that some of his other deals happen. So then it becomes kind of, is Cleveland more desirable at the mid-level than some of these other options? And so especially like Nate, you brought up 12 million, that's meaningfully more for Rubio. And I I think he kind of has an idea of what his role is. And if the intention is also to bring back Colin Sexton, then like that three-headed monster, you know what you can play those guys together at times and you can do it like i think that would be very intriguing to rubio and i can't off the top of my head i can't think of another team that is desperately looking for a starting point guard this is actually something that came up i did the piece for with tim cato on jalen brunson somebody that rubio is going to be competing with for dollars as without an extension both of them would be unrestricted Gotcha. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Rubio, from a Cavs fan perspective, has been a nice calming presence in that backcourt. And so hoping to see him stick around. Yeah, I mean, it was clear that they needed a veteran presence like that. Even if you look at you know Matthew Delvadova, who's sort of a similar player to Rubio, but obviously nowhere near at his level at this point. But even if you look at the numbers when Delvadova played these last couple of years and how much he actually helped them to just have kind of a stabilizing influence out there, it was clear that they needed that type of, of presence. And the other big variable, obviously, is what happens with Colin Sexton. Uh, I don't think we've heard that he's had his surgery yet, have we, Dan? that was last week we haven't actually heard what what they ended up deciding uh, on it. i haven't have i haven't heard it at bare minimum there's been yeah. news on that uh anxiously awaiting <laughs> yeah yeah so if he comes back this year or if he's going to be part of their plans or not what happens in his restricted free agency that obviously is going to be a big part of it as well garland will be eligible for an extension so a lot to be seen here he'll here still but i certainly agree that he's been an important fit for them uh let's get to one more here and uh let's make that let's make that steven steven you're in steven are you there i'm here let's do this so um yes. this is maybe a bit of a remedial question but maybe timely so that overcomes it but i was just wondering if you could talk a bit about like what makes the warriors defense so good uh, on a recent 15 and 60 you were saying like you know they don't miss assignments and they have the guards that get in the passing lanes or whatever but like you know is there more to watch for like it's like 
you know, maybe you could say something about that. Yeah, well, I think just uh, we did talk about that some, but for those who may not have listened to that, I think just that they have a lot of guys who are intelligent, who have good hands, and who are going to make things difficult for you to execute, even if you're able to break the paint and get into the lane, whether it's making a pass out to a shooter, whether it's finding the big uh, underneath. Draymond, while he's not like some Skywalker, is usually going to be in position to prevent you from getting all the way to the rim. And so there's just going to be a lot of hands uh, around it in a way that's uh, they got a lot of intelligent defenders with with good hands and who know where to be and so the usual openings that might seem like they're there against a lot of teams are not there and then of course they have great intelligence they rotate it extremely well i think you know being the number one defense particularly without clay and with jordan Poole starting the backcourt i'm not sure how sustainable that's going to be and they played a lot of games at home they played against a lot of bad offenses okc and houston and the pals that, that they've just completely throttled and so i don't expect them to finish the season as the number one defense necessarily and but they just have a lot of really smart guys and draymond green is playing at a defensive player of the year level uh, as well he's coming in shape and he's been really good um, anything you want to add to that danny uh, they communicate really well i think that's an important yeah. part of, of the Warriors' success and some just to tie in um newly newly minted author seth partner talked about this when he watched the third quarter of the bulls game that because of their intelligence the warriors ba- are in base position like the right position all the time and that means you don't have to react as much if you're already where you need to be then it's easier to not only affect the play but also easier to make second efforts and everything else like that and and i think that's something that the warriors do better than almost everybody else ties in with knowing scouting reports and just be starting in the right places makes it so much easier defensively well and to play into that i think we talked a little bit earlier on this show about the bulls and how if you really know the scouting report, they have guys who have weaknesses offensively that maybe it can get to be a, a little bit easier to defend them when you really lock it in the scouting report. But they have vets and guys who are so smart and know the league so well that they're able to do that more in the regular season maybe than some other teams are. And they also just, they have a lot of long athletes as well. Like Andrew Wiggins is a solid on-ball defender. Uh, Iguodala being back as well. They got guys that who you can throw at the best scores who aren't going to just get beat and force you into an emergency help situation at, nearly as much um all right well that will do it for today's tutor spaces show great having everyone here uh john and i will be on tomorrow at 2 eastern 11 pacific where we just we do our show and then we take questions for about 20 minutes at the end so we hope you'll join us there or of course uh, next week at 6 eastern 3 pacific for this show we'll talk to you all then at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.